Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, as businesses continue to align themselves with the Singapore Green Plan 2030, and despite all efforts to help Singapore tackle the climate crisis, here's the thing. Only half of Singaporeans are confident that organisations here will achieve their publicly disclosed emissions targets in the coming decades. That's according to the latest edition of the Singapore Green Pulse survey by Schneider Electric. So why is this the case and what needs to be done about this. We're being joined now by Yun Yang Kim. He's Cluster President, Singapore, Malaysia and Brunei at Schneider Electric. Hi, Yang Kim. Hello, Barati. Thank you for joining us today. Now, Yang Kim, I understand your survey found that only half, and if we want to be precise, it's a little more than half, 52% of Singaporeans are confident that organisations here will actually achieve their publicly disclosed targets in the coming decades if we're talking emissions. Now, less than two-thirds of Singaporeans are confident that Singapore can achieve its net-zero ambitions by mid-century. Tell us what's behind this lack of confidence in general. Sure. Uh, actually, these findings are part of the Schneider Electric Singapore Green Power Survey, which tracks sentiments and attitudes and the perceptions around the sustainability issue in Singapore. That part of the Singapore Green Plan 2030, over 500 Singaporeans took part of this uh, last edition of survey, which was conducted in June 2022. And in fact, uh, if you look into the difference between when we believe about organization as well as the government or the country, uh, it has been a quite big progress compared to the last quarters and last semesters. And we see that uh, more than uh, 63% of the Singaporeans believe that, you know, government can walk the talk as well as the organization uh, is uh, on the right direction to improve uh, you know, the, the environment as well as uh, according to the Singapore Green Plan. And interestingly, when you look into the different generation of Gen Z or, or big boomers, you're going to see difference of almost 12% points difference. Mm. Why is there a difference between generations on this issue, you think? What makes them yeah. more optimistic? Yeah, interesting to see that, right? Of course, I think the young generation are more exposed uh, to the uh, sustainability environment. And you can see more and more uh, uh, youngsters are, are very conscious about sustainability, environment, health, and well-being. And of course, uh, they have a long way, uh, a more runway to go. And we see more and more activities ongoing in the country, such as immobility, such as, you know, uh, solar panels, renewable energy. So all in all, the whole ecosystem bring more knowledge and more uh, exposure and experience uh, to the people that improves uh, the hope and believe that will be much better future in the next generation to come. Here's the thing, Young Kim. As I look around, I think there is reason to be sceptical, though. I believe you did a survey about nine months ago that showed that only four in ten organisations in Singapore actually have a climate action plan. And don't forget, greenwashing is something that is quite common, some might say, considering that a lot of consumers may have no way of doing due, due diligence or making sure that companies are telling the truth when they say, oh, we've improved our operations to be greener. I believe the skepticism is actually warranted. What do you think? Yeah, you're totally right. And and that's exactly what is important to have a clear baseline and clear measurement. 
whatever is not measured is difficult to tell the progress and how it has been improving, right? So that's the way I think we believe the technology and digital nowadays are able to bring a better measurement, a better baseline. And from there, understand in the timeline perspective, not looking only 2050, but in the shortest milestones to understand the progress and how we can achieve our uh, uh, goals and our improvement on the environmental and decarbonization journey. Young Kim, illustrate for me how technology can help with this, how technology can help with measurements and making sure that it's all objective and all above board. Right. Nowadays, we have a lot of softwares and sensors that help us to connect to the reality of, uh, of the measurement and decarbonization journey. For instance, I'll take one of the buildings, which is a bu- we can call as a building of the future, mm. where not only measuring, just metering the energy consumed, but as well measuring in different micro level of, uh, with a lot of granularity and making sure that we can make it efficient usage of energy as well as using the right energy in the right timing with renewable as well as on the grid energy. And then you can, through that, of course, qualify your building according to the BCA standards to be a gold level, platinum level, or super energy level, uh, energy uh, level, uh, which can help you to evolve in the journey. Mm. Since we are talking about green buildings, how far along the journey are we here in Singapore? I mean, with new buildings, I'm guessing it's easier to implement all of this technology. What about with old buildings? You are totally right. I think there are two elements on the greenfield new buildings. Uh, It is extremely important that we consider this aspect since when we are designing, building, operating, and maintaining. But as well as for the brownfield building, the existing buildings, Mm. is to bring the technology together to make it uh, possible to reduce the energy to the level that is acceptable and uh, combining with a, a source of energy that is more renewable. So are building owners, are developers who are involved in these brownfield buildings, as you put it, willing to come on board? Yes. So I think it's a very important question and an interesting question. We have our own building here, which is in Kalan, mm. which we are already in the platinum level and super low energy direction. Uh, we have been reducing in the last four or five years uh, almost uh, 50% of energy. And we were recently uh, uh, awarded by BCA and uh, Singapore Green Build Council to be the most intelligent building in town. And there are many other companies working in the similar direction. And recently, we launched together with Enterprise Singapore to help as well SMEs, not only big corporation, big company who has the resource to go through, but as well as the small, medium-sized enterprise, allowing them to really be capable to bring the technology together and enter in this journey with uh, resources, partnerships, and leveraging from the ecosystem. We're speaking with Yun Yang Kim, Cluster President, Singapore, Malaysia and Brunei at Schneider Electric. Now, Yang Kim, some have pointed out that some solutions to environmental issues actually appear counterintuitive. For example, to power some of the innovations and the progress that we're seeing in the ESG space and in the business world in general, we're going to need more and more data centers. The environmental impact of data centers in itself has been an issue, hasn't it, in several countries? I mean, 
in Singapore, of course, the government is working to make them more energy efficient and has guidelines and rules in place, but in other countries, perhaps not. We should look at companies' entire value chains, shouldn't we? How do you tackle issues of this nature? Yeah, it, it is very complex, and, and you've made a question very holistically in a, in a big, big scale. And in fact, uh, when we look into the data, of course, more data is this thing. And the world is, in fact, getting more electrical. And we know that electricity demand will be higher and higher. And that's why it, it is extremely important to really be efficient uh, user of, of energy. And if I take some of the part of the survey, say clearly that, you know, 89% of the respondent is making an active effort to reduce the household electricity usage. As well as you can see, 85 are making conscious effort to increase usage of the public transportation to commute. And 80% now factor in their renewable energy usage source when they are choosing for electricity power. So all in all, you can see people are trying to look in a more efficient way. This mm-hmm. brings, of course, the holistic picture of the whole ecosystem going into the same direction. Data center is not different. As you said, mm-hmm. uh, government is pushing for more efficient and more sustainable. We call PV 1.3 is as, as a factor to make it efficient as well as sustainable. Yeah, because you guys deal with data centers, don't you? And you actually have to take steps to make them energy efficient. That's right. We, we are partners of data centers where we build uh, all the electrical part and we are helping them to bring new technologies to make it a more efficient way and uh, make it uh, less energy uh, consuming. Mm. Of course, in Singapore, we are talking about renewable energy sources, things like hydrogen, even nuclear energy might be on the agenda. And this is a journey that I believe businesses have to walk with the government as well. So what can businesses at this point do to boost their capabilities and also boost consumers' confidence level when it comes to achieving sustainability targets? Yeah, as again, I said before, the target is extremely important to be measured. Uh, the baseline is extremely important and making sure that we continuously evolve and improve those baselines. And that helps in decarbonizing not only building, but infrastructure, data center, as well as households, right? And whatever is about ecosystem and community working together, we are talking about circular economy. We are talking about sharing economy that we see even recent uh, car sharing uh, kind of uh, 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 process, as well as what we call intangible economy. It, it is about sharing knowledge. It's about sharing technology. It's, it's learning from each other, as well as ecosystem working together in the same direction. That is the biggest challenge today. And I think we can help in this journey. And government is, is, is really leading and role modeling and we should, all of us, as a Singaporean, contribute to this journey as well. The thing is, Young Kim, when it comes to global ESG frameworks and reporting standards, at this stage, there are several challenges, aren't there? For one thing, there's no global unifying framework or standard, even though there is some work being done to get there. How is this complicating matters right now for businesses? And what do you think needs to be done to make things easier? Yeah, it, it is, we are in the journey. It, we are in the start of the journey. So that most probably there are a lot of uh, different uh, way of looking, the measurements and, uh, and, and, and targets. But is, this is converging more and more. And what we call science-based target is one of the targets that most of the companies are using. And listed companies today are mandatorily, they are obliged 
to have uh, you know sustainability reporting every quarter. So science-based target has been was one of the most used and converging in a way that we can standardize and as well as understand better how to decarbonize and the direction that we should go. One more thing, Young Kim, how to get employees on the bandwagon when it comes to the sustainability journey? Because clearly, if any company is to succeed in terms of meeting its targets, every staff member needs to be on board. Perhaps you could share with us some tips on doing that. Thanks for the question. In fact, uh, you know, 88% of the respondents feel that employees are engaged with their company's environmental, social and government governance uh, efforts, and nearly three quarters or 74% believe that company ESGs and sustainability efforts are attractive in relation to the retaining and attracting talents. And overwhelming 90% of the business leaders say that they would be likely to switch the company they work for because of ESG and sustainable performances. Mm. So this is one of the important factors. And recently in my coffee and lunch session with the new joint employees as well as interns. Very clearly, they joined Schneider because of meaningful and purposeful and environmental friendly objectives. Mm. Well, some people say, but they don't really do. So there is a say-do gap as well. But I'm glad that you managed to find people for whom, you know, doing as they say is important. Many thanks, Yun Yang Kim, Cluster President, Singapore, Malaysia and Brunei at Schneider Electric. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.